Yeah. What was the one thing that you said that you envisioned over and over and you let everything else go? So, though, obviously, I didn't know the place that I was going to be at, especially after deciding to go um, to South Carolina. Uh, the only thing I envisioned was picking my baby up, catching him, and bringing him to my chest. That was the one thing that I was like, I don't, everything else is white around me when I picture it. The only thing that I see is just bringing my baby up. Mm. So I I was able to do that. And I think that being able to let go of a lot and having just those small little tidbits is what made it go so smoothly and easy for me. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. When you imagine your home birth, what do you picture? Where are you? Maybe you're laboring in your bedroom, your kitchen, or your living room. But do you picture yourself giving birth in a home other than your own? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 112 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and sometimes it happens, my friends, as we'll learn in today's episode with Katie and her birth story. Katie and Sarah, two sisters and two of my favorite gals, are going to share the very interesting, sometimes very difficult journey Katie had to face throughout her pregnancy and even labor. But as you will learn, a plan came together and Katie was able to have her home birth, even if it wasn't in her own home. Now, before we jump into this super amazing interview, I want to remind you that Happy Home Birth Academy is back on the market for the general public. New material has been added and new bonuses are available. We even mentioned one inside of the interview. And did you miss the free class Home Birth Mythbusters last week? It was a party. I received so much positive, encouraging feedback from it, so I'm not done. There will be one more opportunity to join this free masterclass this coming Thursday, February 18th. Seriously, you don't want to miss this. And there's a live Q&A at the end that has been full of great information both times. So ask me your burning questions. Myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash mythbusters is the place to go to reserve that seat. Now, let me take just a moment to thank our reviewer of the week, Kaylin Batiste. Kaylin says, Obsessed. I have been listening to this podcast since shortly before I got pregnant with my second child. It has given me the confidence to choose a home birth that will hopefully be happening very soon. I have almost listened to every episode, some of them multiple times. It has been the perfect encouragement and guidance as we move towards this exciting and life-changing event. Thank you so much, Caitlin. If you'll email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I'll be sending you a Happy Home Birth podcast sticker, and I cannot wait to hear how your home birth plays out. Speaking of that, if you have a free minute, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a hopefully five-star rating and review? You guys are seriously the best at helping the show grow its reach, and this is just one way of doing it. If you're getting benefit from listening to the stories of these incredible mothers, would you spread the word? I so appreciate it. Alrighty, friends, that's enough jabbering on my end. Let's bring in my lovely friends. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. 
and none of us are medical professionals, so continue to see your doctor, your midwife, or if you're like us, your chiropractor. Katie and Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Hello. (laughs) Thanks for having us. It's fun to be here and to be here in person. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a little bit of a different episode because... Sarah is one of my longtime friends, and so she lives nearby. She was at Lillian and Janie's births, so she came with her sister Katie, who is a Happy Home Birth Academy graduate, Mm -hmm. and so they came to my house, and now we're just hanging out in my office slash Lillian's bedroom and recording a podcast together. So... With that being said, I would love for you guys to both just take a turn introducing yourselves a little bit to the listeners. Hi, I'm Katie. Uh, I have a two-month-old named Atticus John. Uh, I took the Happy Home Birth Podcast Academy and listen to the podcast all the time, so I'm (laughs) fangirling a little bit over here, Um, and I'm super excited to be here. And I'm Sarah. I'm, as she said, Caitlin's friend, but I'm also Katie's sister, and uh, i birth worker, though I'm taking a little bit of a break right now, uh, which that information will be helpful in Katie's story a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Why I'm a birth worker. Um, But yeah, I'm super excited to be here and for Katie to share her very unique, very exciting story. It is so unique (laughs) and so many twists and turns on the journey. So Katie, with that being said, would you just tell us kind of what your pregnancy was like like what was the pregnancy process even getting pregnant like for you so my husband and I had a miscarriage um and then it was probably about two years later and we got to a point where we were like we really need to focus on doing something to it's not just happening normally and so um the military only looks at the men first and for a while and you have to get a lot of negatives and positives and so I was like well I'm doing something now I'm not waiting any longer and I decided to go to a chiropractor specifically for getting pregnant and made my husband go as well and then two months later we ended up with Atticus getting, Mm -hmm. getting pregnant with Atticus so it was very very awesome and just so cool that we were able to do it without getting in into injections or having to get a lot of no's and yeses. It was really cool. I love hearing that. And I do feel like, oh, I wish more people knew that there are some natural options that can be, you know, looked into before jumping to the whole, gosh, I mean, having to go through IVF, all of that, it, it is, it's so taxing. And so mm-hmm. for you to have been able to find something that worked for you guys without having to jump into that This is so exciting, and I'm glad you bring that up because I do think maybe if more moms knew that that was an option, you know, acupuncture I think is another really good one, but chiropractic care, they really can help your body just prepare to actually conceive. So that's such a great point. The week that I found out I was pregnant, I actually had an acupuncture appointment to help with fertility and then found out I was pregnant. I was like, well, I don't have to go now. (laughs) This is cool. The first trick. (laughs) Save a few bucks. (laughs) Yeah. So I, and I saw my chiropractor throughout my whole pregnancy. It was really awesome because I told her, I was like, you helped me get pregnant. (laughs) And so we had a really good bond. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, so you saw your chiropractor throughout some of your pregnancy, I guess, because that's the other part of your story that's just like, 
so crazy is with the military life, there's moving involved. So what happened during your pregnancy? Well, we were hoping to get orders to move to a different place. We lived in Las Vegas and we didn't exactly hope to get orders while being pregnant, Mm -hmm. but we did. And our move date was actually our due date. So we tried to convince them to either let us go before or after. And after looking at a house that I fell in love with, I decided, well, I'm going to go first before he's born. And then we didn't get that house. But the idea just kind of stuck with us, you know, do we really want to do a 36 hour drive with a possibly new, like two week old? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, um, and so the military said yes. And we moved when I was 35 weeks pregnant and I ended up in Georgia when I was 36 weeks pregnant. Oh my gosh. So that's exciting for Sarah and for me, because obviously we're in South Carolina, Georgia's just a stone's throw away. So that gave us more of an opportunity to be involved. Uh, Sarah, what was that like for you when you found out that, oh, she actually is moving close before? For me, it was absolutely amazing. I had already had plans to be out there for quite a while uh, in Las Vegas, although I actually would have potentially missed the birth because we didn't anticipate her going as early as she did. And I wanted to be home for my Uh, daughter who would have been one for her birthday and I was flying out the next day Um, but when she of course when she was you know having to move I didn't love her being super pregnant and having to pack up her house and drive all the way across country but I definitely loved it a lot more than being postpartum and doing all of that and all the things that come with the immediate postpartum Um, she did take my 12 year old son for a month to help her with all that. So that was good. I was able to get him out there. He packed my house for me because we had, I think it was a month and a half that we actually got the orders and then moved. So he came out and he packed my whole house and got down on the floor and scrubbed for me. Yeah. The thing you got to know about Sarah is she has raised the best kids in the world. Like they are the best (laughs) kids ever. So uh, yeah, the fact that her 12 year old son goes out across the country and helps Helps her, helps his aunt pack does not surprise me at all. <laughs> he had a lot of fun doing it. Um, but just knowing that she was going to be here at least for two years, a little bit closer, because I've had her quite far away. I mean, Vegas was actually the closest that she had been in several years. Um, so that was really fun. But there was a lot of work to be done. There was now changing midwives, trying to find a midwife in Georgia. Uh, you know, going through a whole process with that and a potential backup of if you can't find anything in Georgia because where she lived was a little crazy. Um, Where do we go from there? Do you go to a birth center? Do you just drive to South Carolina and have your baby at my house? You know, again, because of being in the birth work environment, you know, I was just kind of like laying a whole bunch of (laughs) little platters out for her to to ease that part of it. So I enjoyed being able to to do that and know that not only was I going to have her here for the birth, but that I was going to have my sister for a couple of years at least. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe forever. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Katie, one of the things that kind of, I guess, in a way made this somewhat easier was the fact that your pregnancy was during COVID and the restrictions with, you know, midwifery visits where you were, that really played a part in your prenatal experience, right? What was that like? Yeah, that definitely played a big part. It was hard because before I got pregnant, I always said, you know, I'm not moving because my sister called this 
forever ago that I was going to get orders right when I was pregnant and have to move. And so and I always used to say, no, 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 I'm going to, because I'm going to have my midwives that I'm super close to. And unfortunately, because of COVID, um, it was right, I got pregnant right in the beginning of COVID and I didn't have a lot of in-person appointments. You know, um, a big thing for me is I'm a very big toucher and like, I like to give hugs and stuff like that. And I couldn't do that with my midwives. And, you know, you think about these people who are coming in and going to be touching you at a very vulnerable time and not even to be able to hug them before saying goodbye or shake their hands was a really weird thing for me. I didn't really know them on a personal level like I always thought I would, especially because my sister has involved me in this birth world of hers for so long now. And I've have this relationship with all of her people and they've become my people as well. And not having that out there was really difficult. It was, you know, Zoom appointments, they're awesome, but, and they were great for what you needed them for then, but it really did hinder the process of getting that personal one-on-one connection that you really want to feel when someone's in, in your life in that moment. Right. Like the whole benefit or one of the biggest benefits in my mind of midwifery care is that intimacy and relationship and the closeness. And while I agree, like you can certainly connect with someone over a Zoom call. It's it's not the same as yeah. having that one-on-one, being in person. And like you said, you already knew all about the home birth world. You already had these expectations of, no, I'm going to love my midwife. We're going to be so close and we're going to, you know, like we're going to connect and it's going to be this great relationship. And for that to kind of fall to the wayside really stinks. Like that really yeah, stinks. It was hard. And I think it was even as hard as it was for me, I think I had built up this relationship so much for my husband Mm. and um he thought you know he was going to be able to go to all these appointments and even being midwifery care out there he wasn't allowed to go in and do a lot of this stuff so he sat in the car and either listened on the phone and like he didn't get to hear the baby's heartbeat for the first time in person it was a video that I took later and I think that really upset him a lot because he thought he would be more involved in it because we were having a home birth um Thankfully, later on, he got to be very involved, (laughs) but I know that that really did, it was really hard for him, and, you know, it was really hard for me to not have him there, because I was like, look at these birth workers, like, look it, we're going to have such a good time, and then it just didn't get to be that way. Not that I didn't love my my midwives in Vegas, they were awesome, and they definitely did accommodate as much as they could Mm -hmm. during, you know, this weird world that we're in now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh, it's put a strain on everything in every way. So I, I totally agree with that. But if things hadn't been like that, you know, your story may have unfolded differently. And yeah. the way it turned out, I mean, <laughs> I'm a little biased, but I'm glad it turned out that way because I got to be there. <laughs> but so you move across the country at 36 weeks is when you meet or you met your midwife? Did you meet a midwife in Georgia or did you not even? So before I even decided to come, I did make sure that I had a, a midwife or so I thought. Um, and then decided, you know, that's not the way I want to go. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work out. Um, I know that it's hard for people to take people at 36 weeks pregnant and, and, you know, and it was kind of far. So I did make sure there was options between birth centers and stuff like that and um, then decided to go. And I did not meet anybody in... Georgia. I did see a chiropractor while I was there in Georgia um, after a 36-hour trip being very, very pregnant. <laughs> and, uh, 
it was definitely needed to see a chiropractor, but I think it was what, a week later. I don't even know if it was a full week later that I drove up here um, and saw my midwife. Yeah, the the Georgia midwife she had set in place at, rather early. It was probably more like 32, 33 weeks when yes. she kind of had the assumption that that's who she would go with. But the closer that she got to her move date, it became very evident that that midwife... Um, was not going to really be an option. She kind of didn't return Katie's calls and things like that. So we had to find other options, which led her to the potential of coming to South Carolina. Because as she says, it was either drive an hour and a half to two hours to a birth center with people that she didn't know or drive a few more hours and birth with people that she knew and loved. Mm -hmm. So that was the route that she chose. And yeah, it was... It was a tough decision. It was. I'm not going to say that it wasn't a tough decision because I, in my heart and head, I had always dreamed of having a birth at my own house Mm -hmm. and, you know, with my own birth team that I imagined being with me through multiple pregnancies and, you know, not having it be so challenging to figure it out and stressful. I mean, moving itself is stressful. Moving pregnant is stressful. Moving across... Uh, the country is very stressful and then on top of that having to deal with figuring out you know I thought I had this person and they're not helping and you know it just didn't we didn't vibe very well at towards the end of it and then I kind of had to give up a lot and to me gaining the people that I knew and loved and trusted was worth it Mm And Sarah, what role did you play in kind of like facilitating all of it? What What did you do? Like when you know, because I mean, if you're if you're listening and you don't know Sarah, you got to know that she is the like best caretaker in the world. And she loves her sister and the people that are close to her so much. And she is just like, all right, well, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to make sure that it all goes smoothly and according to plan. So when you realize like, okay, Katie is coming up here to give birth. What did you do? What steps did you take? Yeah, well, she had kind of called me and... Uh, updated me a little bit more on the midwife in Georgia that fell through and I just said I said to her I said I think you know what what if I put things in place let me put something in place for you here if that's something that you're comfortable with you and Jeff are comfortable with doing that let me see what I can do and then I'll come back with a plan and it's what I did and I at that point like two hours later (laughs) she said let me text my people let me text my people and I was in tears because I thought that I had made the wrong decision about leaving and Mm -hmm. early and like just didn't know what to do at this point and I did not want to have a baby at the hospital and at that point that's pretty much what it looked like Mm. yeah so so I started with uh calling my good friend and midwife who I have apprenticed under and was like okay here's the situation which she had already kind of known a little bit of Katie's situation um and has been an important part of Katie's like travel through getting pregnant and things so she was well informed on Katie and I was like okay so are you on board with kind of like a crazy situation that may or may not happen and her coming here and you know whether that's birthing at my house whether that's birthing at an Airbnb like wherever we can find a place for her to birth in South Carolina are you okay with it and she was like yes go find the other parts and so then that's when I called another friend of mine who um is also 
in the birth world and is currently apprenticing, but also happens to have a small little cottage on her property that's an Airbnb. So I was like, okay, so remember that one time when you joked about Katie coming here when being pregnant and like having her baby in your cottage and how fun that would be like for all of us because we all like love my little sister Katie. Like wouldn't that be fun? Uh, let's make that a reality. <laughs> we do it. And she was totally on board. It was basically like, yes. I mean, there was no hesitation. It was like, yes, let's do it. And we kind of talked about the logistics and it was like, okay, every date is fine except for this one tiny bit when my parents are here in town. It's like, okay, boom, check that off the list. Then it was like, okay, got to call Caitlin now. <laughs> hey, Caitlin, got a crazy, you know, got a crazy thing for you. Um, what do you think about doing this? And some of that even was, you know, hey, maybe we go to Georgia, you know, cause they're in the midst of this, I had put together kind of like a backup plan mm-hmm. of if the South Carolina plan didn't work out. Um, and of course, Caitlin being as awesome as she is, she was like, I'll do whatever. Like, <laughs> I'll do I was whatever. going to Georgia. <laughs> I was planning for Valdosta <laughs> before she came up here. So then when Katie was coming up here, I was like, oh, sweet. Save a little gas money. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. So then, you know, we had that in place and then she, that was like right before you moved, I think. Yeah, that was a couple weeks before I moved. And we knew that she was going to get to Georgia, kind of have basically a week in Georgia to set up her house and then come to South Carolina so that she could have her official South Carolina regulations um, visits so that she was going to see the backup care, which was the um, uh, midwives that work out of a hospital, local hospital here in terms of in case for some reason during her birth she needed to transport, she would still have or hopefully have midwifery care. Um, And even though she has uh, seen the midwife plenty of times to see her officially in the official client capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was the week of Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) So she checked those off the list. Yeah. And I just want to say that when Sarah called me back and told me, you know, everybody was just so, I mean, because it literally was like two hours, <laughs> and I was not expecting it for a couple of days, but everyone was just so quick into helping, and i pretty sure I just went into my husband's arms and just collapsed, because mm-hmm. I was like, everyone is so, like, just amazing for dropping everything and working it all out, and then when she said that Caitlin was going, I was like, <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> fangirled for any, any ridiculous. No. We are friends. <laughs> I know, I know. But Jeff was, and I was like, "You get to meet Caitlin." <laughs> and so it was just, it was just awesome. I don't even know how to explain how happy my heart was, and mm-hmm. and how thankful my husband felt because he knew that you know going to a hospital, I would have obviously done it if needed, um, and even gone to a birth center if needed. But he knew that my heart was at home and to even have people just like immediately say yes and you know kind of work this crazy situation Mm -hmm. was just amazing for both of us and we are beyond thankful to have those people in our lives well you were super loved and everybody wanted to be there because you're the best and you deserve the best so I'm so glad that it all worked out the way that it did even though (laughs) the way that we've told this story we haven't even gotten to just like how it all unfolded so we're up to the week of Thanksgiving what happened uh we jokingly said as 
goodbyes on uh, when we decided to leave because my husband and I actually planned on staying. We just thought that the baby was going to come on the week of Thanksgiving. Um, and we were like just planning it, joking around, and we ended up deciding to go back. But as we said on goodbye Sunday. on Sunday, yeah. And as we said goodbye, Saturday. No, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> as we said goodbye, um, my sister and I jokingly said, see you in two days. And we told the baby, we were like, you can't come tonight and you can't come tomorrow. You have to at least give us two days so we're not driving we're like crazy. And I woke up on Tuesday and to my water breaking and <laughs> had no idea that my water was breaking because I just, I, my sister goes very, very late and I just totally expected to go late as well. Um, and I was 38 weeks pregnant and yeah, woke up and was like, man, I think I'm peeing. <laughs> and I was like, nope, that's a lot of pee. And that's not what that feels like. Mm. And then woke up my husband. And my husband woke up so fast that he gave himself whiplash. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Legitimate <laughs> whiplash. Like, that bothered him for days. I, I, was like, I was like, hey, I think my water broke. And he just sprung loaded forward, ripped the blankets off of me, and then smelt the bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was, I was like, it's okay. Hey, we're going to see. We're going to yeah. see what this really is. And so I walked to the bathroom. He's like, you need to call your sister right now. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure he was grabbing the phone just as fast as I was. And I called her and I was like, so I think my water broke. And then she was said, that like four in the morning. It was what, two, two o'clock two in, the in the morning. Yeah. And my husband and I, for some reason, stayed up very late the night before, of course. Obviously. And they never do. And They're we, like eight o'clock people. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. There were 8 o'clock people, and I think it was like 11, 30, 12 o'clock that we went to bed. Ugh. We got sucked into Yellowstone. <laughs> and um, we, so my sister, she was like, happy 38 weeks, now get into a car. <laughs> and so I wasn't having any contractions that I really was feeling anyways. And I think it was within that hour we jumped in the car. We had everything already packed. Um, I had a birth kit at my house, obviously, for just in case, and for the possibility of everyone having to come to my house um if I couldn't get into a car and so we just grabbed my dog and jumped into a car I got changed my husband was gonna shower and then didn't shower because he was like we need to leave right now (laughs) um and jumped into a car and I tried to sleep for the most of it and I think I was fairly successful at sleeping until about two hours in and I was like how much longer we need to get there (laughs) this is not fun because what's the drive how many hours it's about five and a half hours five and a half is I think we made it in like five (laughs) I don't think we stopped I think we stopped one time because I had to pee really bad Mm -hmm. um which was not fun getting out of the car and it was very cold Mm. It was very, very cold. But I was sweating, and my husband was completely bundled up. And, like, I had the AC on, the, like, the window down. And he was just, like, hat and coat bundled up. Um, but we <laughs> drove, and I think it was, like, the last hour. And I was like, we need to get there now. Um, my sister was calling me, asking how I was doing. And I was starting to have fairly good contractions at that point. And then, but on the way... We bought an Airbnb for the weekend because, of course, he decided to come that one week that that cottage was not available. Uh, So at 3 o'clock in the morning, I 
booked an Airbnb, messaged the woman, and was like, can I come early? (laughs) And, um, of course, whenever you book an Airbnb, they ask, like, why are you in town? And I didn't exactly want to tell them that I was birthing a baby at their house, but I didn't want to lie. Right. So I was like, you know, I'm expecting a new family member, and my sister's house is a little crowded. (laughs) And so... She uh, she was like, yeah, no problem. Go as early. I don't know what time we got here. Um, I want to say it was around 9. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 8. I don't know. My time frame is a little confused, too. Yeah. Labor I, time. Yeah. I had, like, a little labor time itself. She, you know, had called me, and we kind of discussed whether or not it really was her water breaking. Went through that whole process. Well, Jeff smelled it, it so. <laughs> and it was legit. So I gave her a time frame. I was like, okay. Like, you need to, like, you don't have to, like, jump in the car, but let's not dilly-dally either. Um, and was like, but I want you to, I want you to sleep. Sleep as much as you possibly can possibly sleep. So I did the logistics of, I kind of, like, narrowed down between two Airbnbs and then sent them to her. And it was like, choose one. <laughs> like, this is all that's available. Um Thankfully, it was actually a lot closer than the person's cottage, so that was a little bit nice. Um, and then she was like, this is the one, because we're very vibe people. <laughs> so it was like, I was like, right. and I even said, I was like, this one's got the better vibe, but I'll send you both anyway. Oh, and she's like, I want the vibe one. <laughs> so she had the same vibe. So um, yeah, so she booked that one. And then I think you had asked if you were going, if she asked if she could go there earlier than their normal check-in, which was like 11 or something, and she needed to get in at 9-ish, 8 maybe something. But if she wouldn't have, the plan would have been come to my house (laughs) for a tiny little bit till they can get you into the Airbnb and then uh, go into the Airbnb. But thankfully, they were very accommodating and said, sure, just go right on in. Come on in, have your baby. Yeah, and then I think it was maybe five minutes, and you had met us there. We had we had opened the door, and I sat down and drank a lot of water, and Sarah ended up there. I don't even know how long it was. I think it was really quick, but to me, everything was very quick. Yeah. So, um, and then you, I don't. Did you bring groceries that time? No, I had you come had in and checked on you with one of my kids, and taken the dog yes and so I they had their dog with her so I took the dog I kind of like popped in checked on her gave her very strict instructions to get back in bed and go to sleep tucked her in checked on baby all that kind of stuff everybody was doing great um then dropped the dog off at my house and went because of course an Airbnb has you know no food nothing (laughs) so I went grocery shopping we ordered public subs before you left I do remember that yeah (laughs) we ordered public subs because that's a very big thing that she loves (laughs) food Uh, and I approximated that I'd be around you know back around lunchtime I was like you know you rest and then I'll be around lunchtime I'll give you your public subs and you know (laughs) then things will pick up um and also, you know, an Airbnb doesn't have, there were certain things that I knew that she wanted in terms of affirmations up on the wall or, you know, little things that I knew that if she was having her home home birth, what she envisioned. Um, so my daughter and I just ran to a Dollar Tree and bought anything that we possibly could think of that would make it 
homey slash Christmassy because that was mm-hmm. also an important thing to her. Well, and then we thought that he was going to be way closer to Christmas, <laughs> yes. and I had planned on making shirts and like like walls and stuff to have, so that way nobody had to do that. And that just didn't. I didn't have enough time for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So while she, when we got back and she was eating, uh, my daughter and I decorated the place. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, and I ate my, I, yeah, I don't remember anything other than eating my sub. I did sleep um, pretty well, I thought, and then that's when contractions started to pick up because they had kind of subsided mm-hmm. um, when I finally got out of the car and drank some water, which was really nice. And then they started to pick up at that point, and then you stayed, right? Yeah, I don't think I had left. You, uh, no, maybe I brought Catherine back home. I don't remember. I don't feel like you left me. I think AJ came. He may have. I don't know. See, I'm, I was, I was, not I was very, I was very tired as well. <laughs> um, it was important for her uh, to start labor. Normally, it's not something that I would be like, "Oh, we need to do this as soon as possible." But unfortunately, she was GBS positive, so we were working against a clock a little bit more than you typically would, and especially with her being a first-time mom. There's, you know, first-time mom. Water breaks, GBS positive, she's a little on the earlier side. All of those things, unfortunately, just go against um, against you a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we had kind of put in place, like, okay, we're going to just let your body do what it's going to do. For this amount of time, once it becomes dinner, we're going to try these herbs. We'll try this castor oil, that kind of stuff. So it was nice yeah. that her body was doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very important to me to let my body do what it needed to do. I really wanted that type of birth where I didn't have to... I've seen my sister take castor oil. (laughs) (laughs) Those late babies. (laughs) When she... A quick story. When she was pregnant with her first, she made me drink castor oil with her. Okay, I was going on my third round of taking the castor oil and I just couldn't physically get it down. And thankfully, my little... So we're 11 years apart. She's 11 years younger than me. So she was like 12. And... She was like, I'll drink a little bit if you drink yours. And she was so sweet. But the stipulation was that when she had her first baby, if she had to take castor oil, I would take it with her. (laughs) But being pregnant myself, I couldn't do that. So it was kind of like, ha ha. And then she was mad that I didn't actually have to take it. Yes, a little little bit. Um, But yeah, it was really important to me to... I don't know. I really wanted my body to do what my body was intended to do. And so obviously if I had to take those things, it wasn't going to be a big thing. But I don't know. The way I I could only envision small parts of my labor and birth because of all the craziness and moving everywhere. So when I could envision little things like letting my body do what it needed to do, I held on to those very strongly. And so I think that was a big part in it for me so being able to do it without any of that stuff was really awesome yeah I'm happy for you for that mm-hmm. yeah well, that makes so much sense that you know with so much in flux and so much changing like wanting a few things like <laughs> I just have a few requests <laughs> please body just go this way that totally makes yeah. sense yeah. what was the one thing that you said that you envisioned over and over and you let everything else go so though obviously I didn't know the place that I was going to be at especially after deciding to go um, to South Carolina, uh, the only thing I envisioned was picking my baby up, catching him, and bringing him to my chest. That was the one thing that I was like, I don't, everything else is white around me when I picture it. 
the only thing that I see is just bringing my baby up. Mm. So and I was able to do that. And I think that being able to let go of a lot and having just those small little tidbits is what made it go so smoothly and easy yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So, okay, so we're past lunchtime. The house now has groceries. I mean, when I got there, I was like, dang, this place is stocked. (laughs) I've eaten cookies, (laughs) bananas, having a good time. So after lunchtime, what was your labor pattern like? Obviously, we know it started picking up. Yes, it started picking up. I didn't really think there was much of a pattern at first. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have some small contractions which I didn't think were small at the time but (laughs) um and I was breathing through them thankfully my husband was sitting there on the couch and helping me through them I was able to drink some water and eat and through it all and then all of a sudden they kind of just started well I had put her back to bed again because of the labor pattern being inconsistent inconsistent I said let's just lay down a little bit long because she was she was exhausted and knowing knowing her so personally because she's my sister I could tell the difference so I wanted her to get as much sleep before that you know the big haul mm-hmm. um as possible and but that I knew it wasn't at last long and I think it was maybe 20 minutes 30 minutes that but coincidentally she actually said that she felt like she got more rest in that 30 minutes than she did in that initial time right after I had first uh, gotten there and then Mm. left. Um, But she woke up and you threw up. I did. I woke up and I was... And I knew because of the academy what throwing up meant, so I got really excited. I was not upset about throwing up, um, and I don't. I am very weird. I don't like to throw up at all. Like it's. I don't know that that's weird. <laughs> it's like it's like a very big thing of mine. I try very hard to just like suck it back down. But I was like, oh, okay. She'd come out kind of Let excited, like I threw up. Yeah. <laughs> like okay, get a gold star. <laughs> so yeah, I had thrown up and. That's when it, that's when it all completely switched to this is real, this is happening, this is gonna happen most likely tonight, if not early, early morning. Because I don't that was two, three maybe yeah. in the afternoon. Um, so things were going fairly quickly, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when you decided to call Caitlin, right? Mm-hmm. Or were you I got a text. Way? I got a text that had said you had thrown up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I can timestamp that for you? <laughs> But yeah, and I was, I was like, okay, like, let me like, blah, blah, blah with the girls, like trying to like coordinate things at my house. And then I was like, just let me know, you know, any more updates. And it was not long after that, that you were like, all right, you need to go ahead and come on. Caitlin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. It was very much like, okay, this is, this is fine. And then it was, uh, I think we need two hands Head here. on over here. Oh yeah. <laughs> when, when you're breaks you just don't have that cushion like you do when uh your water is still intact for the majority of labor so there was a lot of feeling all the bones and yeah. it took a lot of hands yes lots and lots of hands <laughs> and floor <laughs> yes that is the... <laughs> let's get into that okay so i'm trying to like think back when i got there it was just like also the time of the day it was already dark just because you know it's winter, winter yeah. and it was just it was a dark time and cold yeah i remember i got there saw you you were in a darker you were in pitch black dark was i, I had my eyes closed what it feels like the entire labor so I think was I in the bedroom with Mm -hmm. Jeff Mm -hmm. on the ball yeah 
Yep, yeah. so you were on the ball, and then Sarah and I came back into the living room. AJ came over, Sarah's husband. He came over. What was he? So that he I could nurse him. my baby yes. at that point. And yes. he made some coffee for Jeff, and he was really, like, adamant that he had to make coffee for Jeff. <laughs> well, Jeff had asked, and he was like, right. yes, because I, I, can, I can do I something. Can relate. Because for my husband, and having had several home births under his belt... Uh, he's the person that he can do the things. Mm-hmm. He can push on my back if I need it. He, you know, when when you hear those, like, moans and stuff, he's like, I can do something about it. But with his, you know, he has known Katie since she was eight. So yeah. very much that is also his little sister. And so he could hear her in the living room having some really good contractions. And this poor, this poor man, he's just like, but there's nothing I can do. Like, and I even at one point said, you know, you can go in there. I asked her, it's okay. And he was just like, no, she's in a rhythm. I don't want to disturb it. You know, and I just don't think that his poor little heart could have taken seeing his little sister like that. But the coffee, he could do. He yep. could make Jeff some coffee. That was so sweet. He's the best. He was he's very worried the about the strength of it. But that it was sweet. It was yeah. so sweet. So that happens and then um AJ leaves with the baby and that's soon after that you came out to the living room. Yeah. And I pretty much was like, I'm getting off this ball. Mm-hmm. It's not working for me anymore. Um I was happy to have that that one-on-one time with my husband and for him to have that time to to really feel like what a home birth is like and getting those special moments. But um, I don't remember remember getting to the living room at all. I just remember being like, okay, this is hurting a lot. I need to change out positions. And I don't – we – I remember – in the living room holding on to my husband Jeff and like swaying with him a lot and then all of a sudden I'm on the floor (laughs) and laying on my side you kneeled first and then you got to the floor you got lower and lower (laughs) and lower (laughs) you jellyfish (laughs) and uh laying on the floor was when things kind of changed for me and I was really starting to question like okay is this like this is different what is going on here um and it was I was having a lot of pains in my hips and so I'm pretty sure one of you guys was like pushing on my hips and the other person was pushing like into the ground or I don't even know but I was getting pushed into the nice cold floor Mm -hmm. and it felt great and it was it was it was really nice and then I remember at one point you got up and so Caitlin came over and she was pushing on my hips and I was like I'm so happy like in my head I'm so happy to have both of you here (laughs) helping me through this Um, because my husband was really awesome at being in front of my face Mm -hmm. and encouraging me to go through them and relax um but he is just he's a gentle giant and he did not know to squeeze as hard as I needed to squeeze so Mm -hmm. uh even though he was told he just was like no she's in pain (laughs) (laughs) and that floor was a really great counter pressure seriously it's it was so interesting but you could just tell like Pushing on your hip as hard as we could and the floor, you know, pushing on the other side just, like, helped open and relieve that pressure for you. It did. It helped a lot. And I think just the coldness of the floor. And I remember at one point you asking me if I wanted music on and I said no. Mm -hmm. And then you asked me if I wanted a murder podcast on. (laughs) Because she really, throughout this whole time of being pregnant, was like, I think I could listen to a murder podcast. It's her thing. (laughs) It's her thing. (laughs) She she did not want any of that. I was kind of surprised. She also 
didn't want a blanket. Like, we were like, Yo, you want to put a blanket on the floor? Right. Like, something between <laughs> you and the floor? No. The, no. Yeah, the cold felt really good. And I remember it being blue from the TV. And that was yes. the only light. <laughs> it was the and, only light. And, like, it was just, I don't know what it was, but the cold and the blue was just a very calming thing for me. <laughs> and, and for him. And for him. <laughs> Uh, and then at some point is when my body decided to do some of the work for itself. Mm-hmm. And I know you were really excited about that. <laughs> Sarah said that later. I just could tell, like, oh, yeah, this is, it's happening fast. I remember you guys getting, like, like talking back and forth with each other without talking back and forth with each other. Because I know, <laughs> I know a little bit of those things. And so I remember that and being like, oh, okay, so things are like... They are further, okay. And then I remember you be asking, like, when is the midwife going to get there? And you're like, soon. And I was like, okay, because I know that that means that we're close. <laughs> that and I, at one point, had gotten up to set up all of the birth stuff. Yes. <laughs> in case no one else was... I mean, one, to pr- prepare for some of the stuff that was just there for if they just needed to walk in and be there. But also, it was getting to the point where I was like, I don't know <laughs> if they're making it or not. Yeah. Um. So I was like, Kayla. And you got this. She's like, yep, yeah, go do the things. <laughs> Let's go ahead and set up here. That's when you went into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, before I went into the bathroom, I had the fetal reject. Is that, am I saying that correctly? It, yeah, fetal ejection reject. Yeah. Yeah. And I um, felt that and I was like, oh, okay. And again, I knew that because of the podcast, like, and because of the academy, it was something that was like a very. I remember hearing it being like, oh, that's really cool. I kind of hope that that happens, you know? <laughs> and it did. And in my mind, I was like, oh, that means it's time. Mm-hmm. And so I did not want to get up, but um, my sister convinced me to get up. She told me I had to go pee. She didn't really give me much of a choice. <laughs> Things were starting to kind of get to the point where she was too comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, where, and you know, it was kind of mm-hmm. like there was a little bit more of that slow and rest and be thankful, I feel like. So... I knew her body, in order to kind of get to that next jump, needed to get up and just, like, move a little bit, which I always kind of have this secret excuse of, oh, you have to pee, which is very important. You should pee. (laughs) And I peed for, like, ten minutes, it felt like. So it was definitely, and then sitting out in the bathroom, and I totally thought that I was going to poop, so I would not let my husband in there. (laughs) Like, I remember being like, no, he's not allowed in. (laughs) She had to see me. And so it, my sister sat on the tub, and I sat on the toilet, and... With my phone flashlight. <laughs> yes. Because, <laughs> yes. again, it was very, very, very dark. Dark, yeah. <laughs> and so I sat on there, and that's where I started to really... I think the the my moan changed, mm-hmm. my body changed. Uh, and, again, I had one of those feelings, and I said, I didn't do that. Yeah. I didn't do that. And my sister was like, it's okay. And I, inside, I was like... No, I'm really excited because I didn't do that. And I think it just came out very, like, scared. I don't know. Did you think I was scared when I said it? No, I don't thought... I didn't think you were scared. I just... You just didn't know what what was happening. She was she was pushing without pushing. Like, yes. And it was her body was just doing it. And she just kind of looked at me with these little Doe sister eyes. eyes. Like, <laughs> I didn't do that. And I'm like, yeah. It's cool. It's okay. Because it's, it's happening. <laughs> yeah. And then... I don't know how long I was there. Like I said, it was very quick for me. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like it was, like, 1 o'clock, and then all of a sudden it was 6 o'clock at night. It was mm-hmm. very quick. Um, and so I think, I don't know how long I was in the bathroom for. That felt like I was in there for a while. But uh, uh, I'm trying to think. 45-ish minutes? Yeah, I think it was probably 45 minutes, maybe a little less even, but probably around 45 yeah. minutes. And that's when... Mm-hmm. 
um, my midwife arrived, and we moved into back into the, the bedroom. Back mm-hmm. into the bedroom, right? Mm-hmm. And then my husband was up on the bed. I don't really remember like, where anybody <laughs> we was. <laughs> we do have video, which they're very thankful for. I watch it still all the time. <laughs> I show people, I'm like, you want to see it? Well, it's on Happy Home Birth Academy now, so if you're in the program, you can check out Katie's birth. Um, I don't know if I, I was leaning up against the bed, right? Yeah. For a while. Kind of like kneeling over. Yeah. Um, and my husband was, I do remember my husband being very prominent in that time because he was right in my face and, um, I was very, very, very tired at this point. Um, and so I needed a lot of help to remember to, you know, the contraction peaked and now to let it go. And he, like, my sister taught him to like touch my shoulders and bring it out of me pretty much. Like he like brought it down, which he was doing throughout the whole time, but he just kept telling me, you know, you're doing really good. You're doing really good. Pretty sure I dropped the F-bomb a few times. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, and then at one point he told me that I was doing a really good job. And I, this whole time in my head, I'm talking. But I could not physically talk out loud. And so, like, people are, like, saying things to me. Like, do you want water? And in my head, I'm like, yeah. Like, I'm having full-out conversations with everybody. But it just was not coming out. <laughs> um, and But I did muster up the courage to tell him he's having the next child. <laughs> and I do I do remember that because he does not let me forget that. <laughs> Such a classic moment. <laughs> um, and then that's, like, again, I think things really started to pick up in my mind um, and changed, and I think I brought my leg up at that point. Yeah, you were kind of, like, leaning over the bed, and then you got slowly more into a squat position. Yeah, yeah I didn't feel like I was in, like, a very sturdy position for myself, mm-hmm. and so I had brought my leg up. Um, the bed Morgan was kind style. of, yeah, yeah, the bed was kind of a weird height for you to lean over, it I feel was. like. So and it was squishy. Kind of, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, like, because I remember you being like, you want to get up on the bed? And I was like, no, it's, it's too squishy. soft. <laughs> yeah. She likes that hard, firm, like, floor-type feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I brought my leg up, and... I don't even know it was I remember feeling him come down and at one point I another thing that was really important to me one of those little moments that I held on to was being able to feel his head reach on and feel his head so I had said to my sister like a billion times before make sure you make me do it if I don't want to do it like grab my hand and do it and so I didn't you didn't have to grab my hand I did it pretty Myself, he, yeah, right? I, mean, I, I think I may have helped you reach. Yeah. Because that's not always the easiest position. <laughs> Easier said than done. But, yeah. 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 And so, I think you may have even felt him before he was crying, like, when he was more inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I had you kind of put your fingers in to see. Because, you know, a lot of moms are quite convinced that the baby is a lot further than the baby is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I think, I yeah, did I that. Yeah, I felt his head a few times. Um. And I remember being like, his poor head. Yeah. She was very concerned about him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was. Um, and then, I guess, I don't know what happens next, really. <laughs> it's all out. kind of blur. Yeah. Yeah, it he wasn't kind of just long. like It wasn't very long, and I pushed him out. I remember, again, feeling the ring of fire and being like, that's what that feels like. I know people have described mm-hmm. it different ways. And, you know, like, I know because I think I had said, oh, my gosh, this hurts or it's or it's burning. And then being like, it's the ring of fire. And I was like, I know. <laughs> like, in my mind, I was like, I know what it is. <laughs> but just having those, like, knowing 
what was going on really truly helped so much mm-hmm. because it wasn't scary. I mean, obviously it's a little scary because it's the first time that I had ever felt these feelings before, but I was able to work through it because I knew what was happening to my body. And I'm very big at no, like I need to know what's going on with my body. I'm very in tune with my body. Um, landmarks. It's like it is when you yeah. know the landmarks of labor and you can connect it to something like, oh, I remember hearing this and I remember that this is what's what was going to happen. Now I have an experience to go with that terminology mm-hmm. and I'm okay. Like yeah. it makes sense. I'm not scared about it. I'm not worried about it. It's happening and I'm connecting like, oh yeah, okay, this is what this yeah. is. Yeah, it very much so helped me be in the moment as well. Like those little times that I was like, oh, I remember this are the times that are the most predominant for me in my memory. So sense. I think like it helps me remember my birth a oh, lot. That's cool. That's you know? really neat to hear. Yeah. Um, and then so I pushed him out. <laughs> um, my sister, uh, the other big important thing for me was either my husband catching or my sister helping me catch. I really wanted to catch him as well. But um, in the off chance that I just was too tired or however it may be, those were the two people that I really wanted to be there. And she, my sister, my husband was up on the bed. He didn't want to get down. I think it was really important that he stayed up there. Um, but my sister was behind me and she helped me catch him and I brought him up to my chest and he smiled at me. <laughs> he just kept looking at me, and I remember being like, oh, his poor cone head, because I was still so concerned about his head. And he did not have a cone <laughs> head. No. <laughs> like, We're like, no, what? Katie, there's no cone head. And she's like, yes. But there his was His poor none. head. <laughs> it was pretty perfectly round. <laughs> so maternal. <laughs> yeah, but I just remember bringing him to my chest and leaning back, and... Um, just holding him and like him looking he just stared at me the whole time he did and I remember saying are you gonna be a mama's boy (laughs) and and he just smirked at me so it was it was a really special moment but I guess what we forgot to mention was that my parents were on FaceTime yeah during this yeah uh yeah uh they called on video chat and had a phone right in front of me and was there to cheer me on throughout it that was really sweet yeah. Which they're very used to. Yes, they've yeah. done it through all my sisters. <laughs> Our parents live in New York, so there's, and I have history of very speedy births, so that's kind of become a trend to just pop them on the video somewhere and be there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was nice that they were able to do that with Katie as well. Yeah. So, and then we called my brother, who's also in the military, but in Arizona, and he got to see him right after he was born, still on my chest, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably seconds old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's when you were, I remember you just like laid back and I got a few pictures of you and like your face is just one of, I, I will never forget that. Like, it's just like you are the most relaxed and obviously exhausted. Like there's clear exhaustion on mm-hmm. your face, but there's just like this layer of sereneness over it. It's like, that is what birth, you know, that's physiological birth. That's what it's supposed mm-hmm. to look like. That just like... I just gave my everything, and now I have my everything, you know? It just, oh, I just love that. Yeah, it was, like, instantly, like, oh, my gosh, I just love him, and I'm so happy he's here, and I'm ready for bed, but, like, Mm -hmm. there's this beautiful little boy in my arms. Yeah. And so, and then I think my husband shouted out his name. 
that we hadn't even decided on. <laughs> that the one name that Katie that resonated very well with Katie and myself as soon as we kind of heard it, we were like, "That's his name," and he was like, oh, "I don't know, I don't know." The whole time, wait till he's born, you know. And there's kind of this small list, and yeah, he did. He kind of shouted it out, and it was the name that Katie and I had constantly yeah, felt, felt like that was yeah. what was supposed to be his name for some reason mm. very just like an oddly strong feeling and i just remember being like are you sure yeah <laughs> are you just saying that because i just did this thing or yeah. do you really feel that way but either way yes because <laughs> <laughs> you can't go back now <laughs> yeah and i remember looking at him throughout a lot of it and just being like like kind of how are you doing Mm -hmm. and I just remember seeing his face after he was born being like we're never gonna do anything but this like this is how it's supposed to happen maybe at actual home Mm -hmm. (laughs) but this is how it's supposed to happen this is how birth is supposed to happen you know and he didn't look fearful which I was a little nervous about because he kind of has a queasy belly and just isn't really into that kind of stuff I would say as much as I am and Jeff has two boys already Mm -hmm. um who both were born at a hospital. So yes. his experience is hospital birth. Um, did she have an epidural? I honestly don't know. No, but I, it was, I guess the way he describes it was very, very hospital birth. Um, clinical. The very yes. clinical kind of, uh, he, he says the difference, like afterwards he kind of pulled me aside and talked about the difference of it. The difference between the, the calmness versus, you know, the, what felt like, uh, panic in the hospital, even when there weren't things going wrong, um, where even Atticus, he kind of needed a little bit of suction and some stimulation when he was born, but everything was very like calm and nobody was freaking out about it. And it just kind of all flowed. And, uh, he said, you know, when Caitlin and I were on the floor and it became very evident that things needed to be set up. It wasn't like this chaotic rush. He said, you know, first the hospital was like, Oh, we're at that stage. And, you know, a whole bunch of people rush out and a whole bunch of people rush in and everything is very loud and chaotic and kind of like clinging, like noises all over the place. And it almost seems like something's wrong. Right. Something, we have to prepare for this crazy, wrong, something's going to go bad event. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I got up and set everything up, it was just very calm and, you know, mellow and like, okay, this is the next step. It's exciting. Yay. We're get, we're here, you know? So he, he, his perspective on that was was nice. Yeah, yeah. It was nice to see his mind kind of see all the things that I've known for a while. And, I mean, I've gone to my sister's births before, so I've been able to see birth. And he hasn't seen birth in that aspect. And he was like, I got to take a nap. And I got coffee. And, like, <laughs> ding, ding, AJ. <laughs> so it was very relaxing to him, too. So it was cool to see his kind of transformation into the birth world now. <laughs> I think that that is a point. I feel like I've kind of been stressing it more late, lately on the podcast. It's just kind of come up organically. But this idea that, you know, home birth facilitates the dad's relationship with the mother and the baby so much. And it's that relationship is so important. And of course, you know, we're focusing on the mother in the sense that she's the one doing this physical event. But 
man, the emotional work of your husband. It's so important. And the fact that he's able to be there and for it to be a calm, serene experience for him mm-hmm. and to be able to see Atticus at the beginning and know that that's his name and like feel these immediate like hormonal like sensations of love. It's just, I mean, that's what's so amazing about home birth, you know, when it all comes together like that. And I do want to mention because of the day that this episode is coming out um with happy home birth academy right now there is like a middle of the cart bonus and it's the home birth dad panel which sarah's husband aj who is the pro home birth dad like it is his his part-time jobs (laughs) since we're working on number seven here (laughs) so he's one of the dads on the panel and he really gives such great insight so if you guys are listening to this right now the day that it comes out on monday i think think even through Tuesday, if you are interested in Happy Home Birth Academy and you do enroll, you will get that bonus of the Home Birth Dad panel, which is pretty important stuff. And I think it's it's really, really useful. And my husband did do the academy with me. We chose like an hour a day or however it worked out. And we did do it together as much as we could, especially towards the later ends of it, where it was like, I really wanted him to know, you know, just because I'm screaming because... I'm burning isn't a bad thing. Like, I really wanted him to know those because I, in that moment, wouldn't be able to calm him, and I didn't want my sister to have to worry about it or anybody else that was there. I wanted him to know what was going on. So I think it was really helpful for him to kind of be a part of the academy as well. And one thing you had said to me that was really helpful to you is, one, her, her lifestyle, being in the military, moving around with COVID right now and everything, was that it was something that she could do when she could do it and that if there was uh, a part of the Happy Home Birth Academy that she wanted to just go and do again that she was able to do that and that was something that she really yeah I redid a lot that you liked I really I redid a lot of them just because I had already like watched a module and then I was like oh I kind of really want to hit that one again Mm -hmm. or you know maybe Jeff needs to watch this one so it was nice to be able to do that and not have to go out and risk being pregnant and you know and during the middle of chaos I was moving and COVID it was just impossible to find a time to go to classes that were already limited people and limited days and stuff like that and it just wasn't going to work out for me to go and I thought I was going to not have a class Mm -hmm. and you know even next time I want to do the class again because you know you just need that kind of constant reminder yeah so it was it was really helpful to have especially during this time frame that we're in that makes sense and I mean you were kind of like the model student (laughs) your birth was so beautiful it was so empowering like this obviously this is what when you're a birth worker you know I know this is what Sarah wanted for you this is what I want for everyone who takes the class not necessarily not there's no promise of how a birth is going to unfold obviously Katie's adventure is you know proof of that it it was not even what she was expecting but that sense of you know I trust my body I know what's going on I'm confident and I'm capable when you're entering motherhood I mean what more like that's the the greatest thing that you can have and so getting to watch you go through that and then getting to actually be there when it happened was 
the biggest blessing for me. Like I'm just, I'm so grateful that you allowed me to be a part of that. Well, thank you. And, you know, and I do want to touch on the fact that you do a lot of postpartum in it as well. And I think that knowing a lot of the stuff that was coming postpartum, because you hear more often about birth than you do and what's going to happen during birth than you do about postpartum. You kind of get dropped in the postpartum area. And to know, like, to lie in and, you know, even like you did a little bit on lactation and um, knowing, you know, that it's going to hurt, but it shouldn't hurt that bad. Mm -hmm. Like, um, all those little things were huge for me because, you know, I don't get to, I mean, I was, like you said, what, 11, 12 when my sister first had her first baby. So I got to say, I know a lot about birth and I've always been in love with birth, but I've never seen really what postpartum looks for her, you know, especially because my sister's a rock star and she makes it look easy. And <laughs> usually because I have a lot of help, AKA Katie, <laughs> but, um, just knowing those little bits mm-hmm. is really helpful. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Postpartum sometimes gets kind of Swept under the rug, and then you're like, wait, are these smells normal? (laughs) Like, sweating. That was the first, like, you had touched base on sweating. I was like, oh my god, I sweat so much. (laughs) And, like, to know that I was stinky, but my baby needed the stinky, Mm -hmm. made me not put deodorant on. And I was like, sorry, husband, you're just gonna have to deal with me stink. (laughs) He's like, I don't think you stink. And I'm like, well, I smell sweet. (laughs) And my baby needs it. (laughs) And he loves it. And he is a mama's boy. Yes, he is a mama's boy. (laughs) And you're posting postpartum was a little different than you had expected too. Yes. She had planned on hopefully going back to Georgia at around that three day mark, which um, unfortunately for her just wasn't something that was the best Safe, option. Yeah. Um, she needed to lay in a little bit more. Um, but you did have to transplanted <laughs> that the Airbnb that he was born in was not available for the entirety of the time oh, God. <laughs> that she needed to stay. So we had to go to a, another Airbnb, um, which was actually like the second good vibe house that uh, it just so worked out that it was that one. She got both of them. She yeah. did. But the one major reason that she didn't choose that one in the beginning was because it had these giant, ginormous, I'm talking like, I don't know how these people have these many stairs to get up into their house but she the condition she was in she had to keep her legs closed and things so she couldn't walk up the stairs so we rigged something and all the men in the family my, my <laughs> husband her Dad. husband and our father <laughs> carried, carried her in like, in, like this chair sling <laughs> chair that we had rigged up for her why don't we have a picture of that oh i have okay, i got video okay good i'm not gonna pass that moment up um but it was whenever i would go and check on her and then, unfortunately, I could not care for her as much as I wanted to in the postpartum because then my one-year-old decided to get a fever. Mm-hmm. It ended up being just a normal teething fever, fever but I wasn't going to risk it. Right. So we kind of kept our distance. But, like, every time I checked in with her and she'd tell me the things and I would be like, okay, that's normal. She was like, I know, because Caitlin said so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, everything that I would say. She's like, I already know. I'm just telling you. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> And we got to throw, which it was really cool that I was there for longer because we did a birthday party for him. You guys surprised me with a birthday mm-hmm. party for him. And then they got to celebrate together. My niece, um, who had the fever, got to celebrate together her first birthday and him being born. So it was really cool to kind of 
I really had a lot of family, and I'm a big family person, so I had my parents there and my sister's giant family, and then me and my husband and my new baby, and it was just a really sweet time, and I'm, I'm at, as much as it sucked to lay down for that amount of time, because I did really just want to, like, get up and move, um, which I didn't do because you said, <laughs> because you said that, you know, you felt really great, but then it hit you in the long run, Ugh. so yeah. I kept reminding myself of that, you know. And- Don't be a Caitlin. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it was really nice to have everybody there and have that extra help because I do live in a place where I don't know. I just moved to a place I did not know a single soul. Yeah. Especially not being in your own house to yes. have all of those tiny little yeah things. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely, it was a weird, weird ride and a weird way to get there, but it was so the way that it was just supposed to be and it worked out. I mean, obviously, in my eyes, but I think you agree that it worked out so perfectly. Yeah, there was a lot of stress going into it, but I think that it worked out the way that it was supposed to work out. It was the... Everything that was supposed to happen, happened for a reason, you know, and it led to this beautiful birth and this beautiful little chunky monk. Um, (laughs) Emphasis on the chunky monk. (laughs) So cute. He's a big boy. uh, When you let birth really naturally be and by birth I mean the postpartum and the pregnancy and and you have that you know outside of the very medical model of care when you when you can and you safely can that it does just somehow awkwardly and almost always work out even Mm -hmm. in the hard parts it works Mm -hmm. out even if there's a transport it's like it just usually is just in weird circumstances like this, it works out. I mean, and this was a weird circumstance. I will say, you know, for anyone listening, I would love for everybody to be able to be like, oh, I'm in a place, well, I could just go into an Airbnb. And, you know, unfortunately, I, you know, you have to have, you have to have the right connections. Like you have to have a midwife who's willing to do that because, you know, there was, that's not the best thing <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> situation. Most, yeah. You know, there was some logistics involved in some of that. And, you know, so finding a midwife who is very comfortable with your choices and what you want to do and, uh, you know, allowing you to have these type of options. And there's always midwives out there who are and there's other ones who are not. It's just it's all about the individual midwife. Um, you know, fortunately, she was a first-time mom, so... We anticipated a little bit of a longer labor than, you know, usual. So we knew that that six-hour drive probably wasn't going to hurt us too much, that she probably could make it. You know, and sitting here now and her saying, okay, I for sure want another one. You know, not necessarily right away, but (laughs) she's shaking her head. (laughs) Um, But that she does. And so we're, you know, contemplating now how does that look because... Mm -hmm second babies they tend to like to come out a little bit faster and she already had a little bit of a faster birth decently quick birth so you know the logistics definitely have to change i don't know that she would be able to have an airbnb and drive or she's probably gonna have a baby on the side of the road or even my water breaking if my water didn't break then who knows how it would have worked out in the aspect of driving Mm -hmm. or you know I might have to have gone to a hospital. I might have to have stayed just simply because I wouldn't know that I'm in labor because, I mean, it wasn't until I was way closer to him being born that it was, like, actually actual intense. labor and intense that I would have known to 
been like, okay, well, this is real. <laughs> this is real. <laughs> now it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> but all that being said is the, I think the biggest thing for, for me anyway, coming out of that, out of all of this, even though it wasn't my birth, but <laughs> what I come out of it is that you can make your dream come true. It may not be the most perfect thing that you originally thought in the very, very beginning what you envisioned, but you can create what that happy home birth or Airbnb birth. (laughs) You can create it. You just, you might have to work a little bit harder. You may have to just do a release and let things go and hold on to a few things that are really important to you and let other things go. Mm-hmm. You know, just you just have to work at it. And, yeah. and she did. She worked very hard at getting this. Yeah, I would say up until pretty much the birth, I had a lot of moments where I was upset because I wasn't going to be able to birth in my new home that we had bought. And I thought mm-hmm. that I would kind of christen this home, you know, the way that I just kind of always imagined. Or, you know, there was things that I just didn't get because... I had to to drive or I had to do this and I had to do that. I had to give up a lot. Um, giving up your dog. Yeah, I really for her. Yeah, I really just kind of my dog is my support and I was really hard to not have him there. Um, but you know, things do work out when you when you try and you kind of like let things go. And like I said, those little moments of just like I knew one thing that I knew was that I was going to bring him up to my chest. Mm-hmm. And being able to hold on to those little things is what made it what made the birth, I think. Having the people there that I've trusted and known for so long really made the birth. Yeah, that was a that was a fun team. Yeah. (laughs) And I think also that I don't know if I would have been so like, okay, let's do this if I didn't already know these people full heartedly. Like and I think that that's honestly what made it because if I didn't if it was just some random people who was like, Oh yeah, we'll definitely do this, it'd be a lot harder to trust them to to make it work, you know, Mm -hmm. um or to be there, you know, because I didn't really it would have been the first time that I met you guys would have been a week before or a couple days before. So it it's not something that I would necessarily recommend, but <laughs> what I would say is you can try different ways. Don't just be like, oh, I can't have it at my house, so it's just not going to work. Or, oh, this one person that I really liked, they can't do my birth. Or I have to trans- transfer to a different midwife at a really, like, far into your pregnancy. You can always just make it work if you, I don't know, dream it? <laughs> I don't know how to, like, <laughs> dream it. <laughs> Your mindset. I, I mean, your mindset was was so good because you held on to the import, held on to the important things and let go of the things that you knew you really couldn't control. And I think that's that was huge. Yeah. But oh, well, guys, thank you so much for coming to my house and bringing me Panera and, <laughs> and sitting and talking to me about all of this because it was really fun to kind of rehash it, relive it, hear it from your perspective. Um, I don't know. I just love you guys so much. So thank you. I kind of love you a lot. (laughs) Well, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Well, that was so much fun for me. I hope that it was half as much fun for you. I feel like it had to be. These people are just the best. So with all of that in mind, let's jump into this week's episode roundup. Number one, situations can change. And this can happen in so many different ways for so many different reasons. But even when we can't control the situation, we can control our mindset. 
Katie knew she'd have to give a little, but she held dear the aspects that were most important to her, and she focused on those, allowing her body to do what it needed to do, touching her baby's head when pushing, and being the one to reach down and bring him to her chest. Number two, sisters are the best, aren't they? Sarah and Katie's relationship is such a beautiful example of family coming together and helping in every possible way that they can. I sure love them, and I know you do too after this interview. And finally, understanding what is going on in your body is not only a wonderful way to remain calm and relaxed during labor as different events begin to unfold, but it's also a great way to remember very specific aspects of your labor, as Katie mentioned. How incredible that you'll have these mental snapshots to hold dear and remember simply because you knew the landmarks of labor. And though I may be slightly biased, I do believe that Happy Home Birth Academy truly prepares you for the variances of labor and what it may hold for you. I do believe that it gives you the information you need to be an active participant in your birthing experience. So, if that's what you want, make sure you join us. Go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash enroll. All right, my friends, that's all I've got for you for now. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.